When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to United Hour. Your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. I'm Colin. We are coming to you after the Wolves defeat 1-0 at Old Trafford. Very disappointing. That's probably why only me and Colm are stupid enough to be on here. But this is what you get for agreeing to do a podcast in the morning, eh, Colm? Yeah, that's, uh, don't, don't ever say you're going to be on the podcast before the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got quite lucky today in that I got banned from going to this game. Um, because... I assume by your wife, are you talking? Well, no, by my whole family because uh, <laughs> my, my sister's wedding on the next weekend so i'm not allowed to go right, right, right. i got gotcha. you can't risk it yeah exactly yeah. so in a blessing uh, in disguise what, what a, yeah totally a blessing in disguise. Um, my family yeah. really have my best interests at heart it turns out uh yeah a terrible performance or uh, just shocking pretty much all around with very few positives and we'll get into it now um so yeah calm what are your immediate takeaways after that just yeah dreadful display <laughs> yeah i mean there's so much there's so much detail you can go into around you know, why are we so bad at the moment? What's wrong? Um, whether we're just not adapting to, to Ralph and, and everything else, or it's just a, a pure player issue and all that kind of stuff. My main takeaway is now uh, watching Manchester United actually is the low point of my week <laughs> consistently <laughs> now. You know, it's like, it really is a struggle. And you can see it coming. You know, I, I looked at the team sheet today and I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't um, any changes except I think the enforced change of Jones. Mm. Because I just thought, I wasn't surprised he stuck to the four two two, even though I don't think it's actually working for us, 4 two, two, two. Um, But I was a little surprised that none of the personnel changed. I just thought, you know, what works against Burnley isn't likely to work against the rest of the Premier League necessarily, particularly not Wolves. Um, and I just thought from the first minute, we lost every single battle I expected us to lose when I saw the team sheet, which was uh, all of them, essentially. Mm. I did think it was surprising that he wasn't fresh to, freshened up even a little bit. And we've, I mean, we've had um, Ralph fairly recently talk about how he's surprised that Premier League is the only league with, without five subs, mm. which obviously makes him think that you know it, 
we need more of a squad game here and like you need to be able to refresh your squad a lot more often than we're allowed to currently but yet he picks the same pretty much apart from the one in force change of phil jones coming in picks the exact same side including like what three over 30 how old matic 33 well yeah over 33 over 32 whatever like three players over that age all playing their second game in a row, and all, all three of them played ninety minutes as well. Pretty much, I think uh, Ronaldo came off and at the end of the, of the Burnley game. But yeah, it just it just did surprise me. And you'd think get a bit of fresh legs in there, maybe get Fred in there, um, freshen it up a bit. But he obviously went with what worked against Burnley, and there's a reason why it worked against Burnley, which I think we'll come into a bit later. But yeah, Wolves pretty much dominated this whole game. I thought uh, yeah, we had totally. a, we had a bit of a patch when Bruno just came on, but that was very short lived, um, and. It kind of, for me, comes down to, again, our midfield is just so lacking when compared to any standard, decent midfield. If you've got Ruben Neves and Moutinho in there, it's just going to look miles better than our midfield. Yeah, and that was evident. I think the midfield battle was well and truly lost from from the real start of the game. There was a period, even before Bruno came, I think late in the second half, we started to come back into it possession-wise. But, I mean, really, you know, Wolves looked like the home team. They looked like the team that was, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, not even a top team, because they're not even a top team, if you know what I mean, but they looked like the better team essentially for large, large swathes of that game. And you remember when we play that game where we ask ourselves, would you rather have the opposition's midfield? And the answer, you know, more often than not is yes. You know, last week against Burnley, you know, the answer was no. And Scott McTominay would clearly dominate the championship. But that's fine for one game a year, you know, or against a handful of teams in the in the league. But against, you know, a healthy portion, if not the majority of teams in this league, I'd probably rather have their not only their midfield, but their way of setting up and playing, you know, which is mm. so frustrating. And I'm remiss that I kind of jump too much into the the issues of formation um, and also to, you know, put too much on what has only been, what, four weeks in charge with Ralph or whatever, you know, because clearly it is a total reset, a bit of a reboot from what Ole was trying to do. But it, it still just looks like there's absolutely nothing there. I mean, nothing. You know, I just can't see any coherent idea whatsoever and every other team has it you know mm. brighton would play off us the park you know and we, and they play good football and they are so much worse than us man for man so it can't be that complicated i mean we will talk about the formation because it's it's a big sticking point i feel with united fans this four two two two, which has been our go-to under ralph and obviously gets ronaldo and cavani on the pitch and i think the idea is that therefore you have two attacking stroke wingers who can help the press. But we, apart from that first half against Palace, I have yet seen any evidence of a press. And yeah, at no, which point agree. you have these four attackers and they just get bypassed and suddenly you're onto our defence because, again, our midfield just cannot cover this large space that's all around them. And yes, they're not a great midfield, but they have, I mean, they're basically covering the entire pitch almost trying to cut out whatever ball the other opposition wants to play and the, whatever ball the opposition wants to play is on because we have four attackers who aren't closing down really. They're a bit, but not really in any cohesive sort of unit. Like I said, we see it, saw it against Palace, but never since. What do you put that down to? Why, why did we see this for 45 I, I minutes against the, Palace and never, never since? I 100% put down to the players. And, you know, uh, before Ralph came, I, I probably wouldn't have. Um, you know, there was a period right at the start of Ole's tenure where he was big, in saying 
I want us to be the, the hardest working team. I want us to press. I want us to put people under pressure. I basically want to be like Liverpool. And I was like, oh, that's great. That, that's what I would like too, you know, from a United team in modern football. And it happened in little, little, little bursts, but it was never, it was never maintained in any way, shape or form. And I just thought, well, maybe Ole's abandoned that. Maybe he didn't really mean it. Maybe he doesn't know how to do it. Maybe he's not giving them the correct instruction, you know, to teach them how to do it. Or he's just not bothered or whatever. Or, you know, the, the players are kind of walking over him. And I thought any of those things could be possible. And then when Ralph came in, I thought, well, this is great because at the very, very, very least here, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, positive, negative, a disaster, we are guaranteed to get a system here because that's what this man is all about. It's what he's had at all his previous clubs, what he's shown to a host of other good managers who have all gone on to essentially play largely the same way. And, and we all know where the emphasis is going to be. And as you say, against Palace, you saw it. Like, and we created so many problems for them, made them feel so uncomfortable. I remember doing the podcast saying that was it felt like it felt like a game at Old Trafford should feel. You know, they didn't. I think it was at Old Trafford. They didn't feel comfortable at all. They were just anytime they got the ball, they were just hooking it wildly away. They couldn't cope whatsoever with our press. And you know, you saw Ronaldo with ten minutes to go, just stop dead basically on the side of the pitch. And you're like, well, that's great because you know, a it shows how hard we've worked and how well we've pressed, and H and B it shows he's willing to do it. And we did that for like three quarters of that game, and we haven't done anything since. There's there's been a bit more energy generally, Amran, I would say. You know, just a bit more energy. And I think that's basically why we've not lost until today, if you know what I mean. we mm. The energy has kind of just kept us on the level with some okay results. But really, we haven't looked very good at all. We haven't looked cohesive. haven't looked good going forward. But just that little uptick in energy and the general effort levels are better. But it's not a press. There's no press still. There's no real press. Some people are going and doing it at times and then not at others. And at that point then, you know, I can't imagine that Ralph isn't asking for it. I don't think the players can do it simply or they don't want to. And clearly Ole couldn't make them and it already looks like Ralph can't make them. Mm. And at that point, you then just have to buy players that actually suit, you know, should we have sold Dan James? Do we need to do the Liverpool thing of actually taking a period of time where you're pretty shit, but, you know, accruing players who actually fit your system? And signing Ronaldo in the summer is the absolute antithesis of that. Not that that was Ralph's or, you know, even probably Ole's decision. But, you know, at the moment, Imran, I just don't think our players match up to any kind of thing we're trying to put on the pitch, you know? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I genuinely couldn't tell you what we are trying to achieve on the pitch. I don't know what our aim is in the game. Is it to overwhelm them? Is it to keep the ball? Is it to attack with pace? It, it doesn't really seem to be any sort of plan or clue to rhyme or there's no rhyme or reason to our play um mm. i don't know what decision any of our players are going to make at any given time um it's just a lottery with a lot of our players as to what they do which means if and to be fair it looks like our players don't even know what the guy next one's going to do um and to me we have such a fundamental lack of basics like just simple basics touch pass yes yeah. so not even there. We cannot pass to each other. And if you can't pass to each other, you're going to really struggle to play football. And I mean, the passing is just, it's all, I mean, Jamie's often on here just lamenting it, but it's because it's so evident that we just cannot pass the ball to each other. We rush on the ball. We don't, we don't play it at the right times. The only times we actually play it, like decent passes when we try to get it back to our centre-backs. I saw Ronaldo put a ball between two midfielders that went right back to Phil Jones. And I thought, that was a great pass for Ronaldo. Unfortunately, it went the other way. Um, I just, it, it, and 
do we it makes me ask the question do we have actually if you look at it a lack of actually technically good footballers I think so, definitely. I, I don't know that we've signed well, really. You know, I mean, I could straight away point at Aaron Wan-Bissaka being an awful footballer who we've signed recently. I think McTominay doesn't give you the kind of quality in midfield. Maddish does sometimes. You know, Fred, hugely erratic. Um, but then you have players like Ronaldo who can't, as a number nine, can't hold the ball and make simple passes. You have, you know, Rashford who's always had those mistakes in him and those, uh, you know, brain fart moments and those bad decisions. So he falls into that category. But then you see a player like Sancho who is all technical ability come and he slumps straight into mm. the same thing. I mean, the amount of times he's given the ball away um, in his time here. You've got Bruno who is a technically good player but has the mind of a, like a child who just <laughs> wants to play through balls all day. Do you know what I mean? So again, to me, in terms of the squad building, none of those things marry up together. You know, you can afford kind of one of those players, two of those players, maybe. We have them in 75% of the team. You know, maybe eight out of 11 players are very liable to give the ball away at any point mm. in the attack or even in the build-ups. And you just can't afford that. And the amount of times you see tonight Wolves just, you know, being, you know, handed the ball in a really good position just when we should be applying pressure and creating a chance and then suddenly Wampasaka or you know McTominay or Bruno or someone just hands it back to them and they're just straight away in on us so yes there definitely is a technical issue I mean we are not a technically good football team we have good players and you can carry a small number of those players who are always likely to give the ball away but we have far too many of them far 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 too many of them yeah and it's they are so like even the good ones, like you said, like the Bruno, um, Sancho. They are so erratic in their technical, in their touch. Like I, I mean, Bruno genuinely has a good touch, but you're not surprised if he lets it run under his feet or he just does a poor touch. Definitely not surprised when he does a poor pass because it's so erratic, and it's mm. just that's it. That's in any of our players. Bruno, even so, like, even to, someone to be truthful. To be what? truthful, Bruno is the one I give a lot more rope to than others. A because of his production, you know, yeah. his numbers are undeniable. I appreciate they've waned slightly this year, but that's that goes for absolutely everyone. Um, and with him, I think you can always see what he's trying and the effort. So, as you say, he's visibly a, he has a good touch. You know, he can hold the ball under pressure, he can receive the ball, he can beat men and kind of turn away from them, and he can slip in brilliant passes. But there's a high level of wastage that goes with that, and that's fine. But if you have that in your team, he's the only player who can be like that. Yeah. And everyone else has to accommodate for him. In fact, and that's fine. But that, that's what we're not getting. The only player in our first 11 who, if you, I would rely on to like control a ball well and pass it well is probably Luke Shaw. Yeah, probably. Like when, when Luke Shaw's being good Luke Shaw, and that's probably it. And if that's it, then you've got a bit of an issue because I just want us to see us, you know, be able to pass to each other. Nice touch, nice pass. I just want to see. I wanna, it really it's is a little bar, but I want to see us be able to pass the ball nicely around a pitch. But and you know, what? at the moment, it's in anything. You know, when we played under Ole a lot of time, we would set in and set in and get dominated, but we would counter pretty well. Whereas now, even the counters, it, the ball is the ball is constantly bad decision, misplaced. Mm. You know, play to the wrong player, person, overweight, underweight, nowhere near them to begin with. You know, all these things. So that that element of the game has really stopped and dried up. And then when we do kind of take a slower approach and kind of build into the final third, you know, we keep the ball for like a minute or two, and then again. It falls to someone who just cannot be relied on. And unfortunately, yeah. again, a lot of those people exist on the pitch at any given time. And therefore, they ultimately play themselves into a corner or play a shit pass and we're getting broken on. So, again, as you say, I don't really know what we're trying to do, but what we're currently doing is gifting the opposition A, really 
easy means of defending us and b really great territory and positions when we give them the ball and you touched on our decision making there and this is a another big issue of mine is that our attackers especially seem to make terrible decisions quite often and today i think we saw it in the first half with um i think sancho ran through and ronaldo was free on the left and instead of just slipping him in sancho hits it two defenders were straight in front of him um the second one was i think cavani as well cavani yeah had uh, a yeah. greenwood's easy to slip on on the right and i was looking at that especially that cavani where i was saying now if you just suddenly switched all our kits to sky blue i mean apart from wanting to kill yourself um <sighs> You, what you would see would be you'd see Cavani pass it to Greenwood. You'd see Greenwood square it to Ronaldo who would tap it into an empty net, right? Yeah. That's exactly what you'd see. But for us, I don't know. It's just the decision-making is so erratic. Again, I don't think they know what they want to going to do with the ball. Never mind the guy next to them. I just, I just want to I see I think a us. lot of that... Yeah, I think you're totally right. You know, other teams just have that methodical, grown-up, mature way of playing, even amongst their strikers and their selfish players. You know, Salah slips in man either or vice versa. You know, whatever. You know, it's... you know. And they just work that because they understand that, you know, one thing is much more likely to lead to a good chance than the other. Um, But I just think sometimes that Cavani one to me just smacked of frustration in that he had no one's made a chance for him. We haven't played good football. We haven't created anything for him. He hasn't had a sniff that when he has a dead center in front of goal, even though he's 30 yards out and he has a better pass to the right, he's going to say, I'm doing this myself because you are all crap. You know, you aren't doing it for me. No one's, I'm just here to run. You know, basically now Ronaldo gets all the goals. You know, I just think, I just think there's so many little negative things in all the minds of all our players at the moment that kind of filter into that bad decision-making because you feel like, well, this is the only time I'm going to get a chance today. This is the only time I'm going to have the ball 30 yards from goal with no one really in front of me. So if I don't shoot now and score a screamer, then you know, I, I it'll, you know, my game's pointless, kind of thing, you know. So I, I did kind of think that's just again, like it's like a negative cycle when things aren't going well. Players start to mm. make make worse and worse and worse decisions based on um, what they perceive to be like their only chance to make a positive impact, and actually, it's the worst thing that can happen. Well, again, it comes down to that idea that we are more a team of individuals than an actual team. Um, a big criticism, to be fair, that was also there under Ole as well, that we just waiting for individuals to bail us out. And I feel like that shift hasn't yet changed and it's still with us. We are, we do look like a team of individuals. Uh, so I guess the question then is, I mean, Ralph's been in for a couple of weeks, uh, a lot of that interrupted by COVID and we've had close games. Yeah, no real like, time. Around each other, yeah. So what do you expect to see, I guess, in January, uh, now, I, that, now that this festive period is over, now that we have a bit, like we have a week now to our game against Villa. So okay, yeah. Do, what do you expect to see? Or do you just can you can you not see the to light? To be brutally honest, everyone, and I'm not gonna. I don't even think this is uh, like me just being doom and gloom because of the, the kind of games we've had recently. I, I expect absolutely nothing. In fact, I expect this to continue on and just be just to be rank average. I desperately hope we let a couple of people leave in January. I don't know if it'll happen. I I I I pray to God we sign someone and anyone just to get a bit of freshness in. I really don't expect that to happen. Um, but I just hope those two things happen because I think that would be just good for the club and the squad and the, the mentality in general. But, you know, I really don't expect actually any ins or outs. So leaving that aside in terms of on-the-pitch performance, I expect Ronaldo to continue playing, everything to try to go through him, but feel him to do okay whilst playing awfully and us to continue to be in these tight, dire, dreadful games. I expect us to go out of every competition and I don't expect us to get top four I just don't see I just see now that it doesn't ma- formation doesn't matter 
you know, we can talk about 4222. Oh, we have to try and 433. Oh, no, we need to go back to a 4231 because we need the 10. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. You can make an argument why each one would work and it wouldn't work. The squad is completely unbalanced and has far too many players that have been given either too many chances or are simply not good enough. And, I, and that is going to sound harsh, but I, I go through that squad and I don't know. I, I guess it's, it is a perception thing because I know at the start of the season when we had just finished second, we just signed Sancho, who we chased for two years and we all thought was going to be a pretty transformative player. You know, we had just brought in Varane, who we all thought was going to be, you know, a game changer as well. We all knew we needed a centre midfielder, but broadly we were probably quite happy. And you would say the squad, like, this is like 90, 95% a top, top, top squad. You know, we should be... We should be absolutely pushing on and finishing first, second or third here. Yes, Premier League's very tough, but I would expect us to challenge. And that's what everyone was saying. That's what everyone was thinking. And now I look at it and I'm like, I I think we're 30% of the way there with our squad. I, I, I want to change everything. You know, I, I don't see, I see so few positives. You know, I see so few people that I'd be happy to say, yeah, you know, he, he will be in the squad for the next five years and play at a high level. You know, I just, and it just looks like we don't, we don't match up to the way we want to play. We have maybe big egos that are justifying, you know, their their kind of wage. We have people who've been in this club a long time and just have never really taken a step further. We have the big Ronaldo shape problem, um, and and everyone's in a loss of form. So now I'm like, you know, we're you know five months in, six months into the season. I'm like, well, this is this is a you know, rip it up and start again territory. And by rip it up and start again, I mean get rid of absolutely everyone and anyone you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's a big. That's a big problem, and that is maybe just a doom and gloom view of it. <laughs> but it's hard; it's hard not to feel like, like there's no easy way out. You know, I, I like we could run through the team. I'll tell you how many people I'd replace. It, it will be more than half of them. Mm. I mean, just to let the listeners know, we are recording this about what an hour move from the game ending. <laughs> I don't so think, if you, if I you think very many listeners are going to disagree with me, Imran. I honestly <laughs> uh, don't think too many people are going to disagree. Well, what I would say is, and I did say, as I said earlier. Currently, I don't really see what our plan is out on the pitch, which makes me hold on to this idea that maybe Ralph hasn't yet managed to get across his plan, I guess, and that we will then foresee something come in over the next few weeks that actually resembles a way of playing football because, I mean, we are completely absent of that now. So you would Mm. think, in theory, maybe one is going to come along, um, but... Again, this relies on our players not being a bunch of idiots, and it's hard to kind of back them at yeah. the moment, just because See, the, the energy effort, the energy, exactly, the effort, the commitment is just not there from a lot of them. And a lot of them, I feel like we've had this problem for a while, where even under Ollie, we had this problem where we just expect to come up to games, turn up, and win. Yeah. And you need to do a lot more than that in the Premier League, unfortunately. But we'll, we'll still do that. We'll still do that on occasion. Sometimes. In the next, you know, in the next four or five games, we will do that. You know, our players are of a certain standard that stays. Things will just go right. You know, yeah. we'll just, you know, like the Burnley game. You can't play Burnley every week, but there'll be other teams probably better than Burnley who we can do that to. You know, you get a goal or two in the first half and this team's probably golden in general. You know, it's when other teams are tight and competent and, uh, you know, good footballing teams where we, I think, will really struggle. Um, but... To me, I've I've reached the point of it's a hundred percent a player issue, one hundred percent a player issue, you know. And I, you know, I I, I believed Ole should have been sacked. Absolutely, I don't believe Ralph is some mug who just can't get it going with these guys. Um, and I just see, I just see too many issues on the pitch. Too many issues on the pitch. Now, what I would say is, one or two players or one or two little changes can be, you know, football can transform so quickly. You know, you look at the joke that Arsenal have been for so long, and then if you watch them against City last week, you'd think, you know, wow. 
Yeah. Like, this is a proper team. They can play proper football. Like, the way they're playing football is really good. And they've done a bit of a refresh, bringing in some good players, some younger players, and probably getting rid of some bad egos and attitudes, you know. So they're just further along that kind of disaster scale. Not that I think Arsenal are going to maintain that level for the rest of the year. I really, really don't. It will probably blow up on their face. But <laughs> the, it's just to illustrate that, you know, a month or two can can be a long time in football in terms of the kind of changes you can see in a team. You know, you can have real issues around motivation. You can you can kind of unlock a little different formation or bring in one player who suddenly makes McTominay play better and Fred play better and Ronaldo play better and Bruno play better. And suddenly the team that just looked so lost without a paddle four weeks ago is firing on all cylinders. That can happen in football. I just don't think it's going to happen with us this year. It's, it's kind of typified for me in Cavani, a player who... I mean, if you ask me, what does Cavani bring? Oh, well, he obviously brings great movement, diehard attitude, just keeps running. And in the last two games, I've not really seen that from him. He looks like a man who kind of also can't be asked. Um, whilst also showing some decent movement because he's Cavani, but he, it's not been that the blood and thunder Cavani we've seen before. And I kind of wonder, I mean, do you think his head been turned by the, the transfer talks? But even though uh, Ralph said to, I think today or yesterday that he's not going anywhere. Um I, I just can't get my head around it. Why, why is Cavani suddenly just a bit meh? Cavani's an odd one. I've got so much time for him. I really like him so much as a as a character. Um, I've been really pleased with him at the club. He scored some huge goals for us and a lot of the things he does on the pitch and things he has done really ingratiate you towards him. You know, and A lot of very likeable uh, things. Off the pitch, he's kind of an odd bloke, it seems. And obviously, <laughs> does I do think he misses home and, and, and doesn't necessarily feel particularly comfortable and at home in England I also think he realises his career is very finite at this point and you know if there was a Barcelona who desperately needed number nine who he's going to actually play for all the time or or thinks he would I could understand why that would be appealing to him so I didn't really begrudge those rumours I thought Ranick's comments were quite telling during the week that you know he he said he'd spoken to Cavani probably more than any other player that um you know he'd spoken about him covering the most distance um in the last sort of games that he played and that he saw him as extremely important to us um, and that he didn't want him to go um basically and to me that shows Ranick knows that we have a team that do not work hard that is why Cavani is so essential now I sort of agree with you it hasn't really happened I don't know that this two man strike force is going to work um at all to be honest um. And I do think and there's an element of Cavani having been unfortunate. He's now had a career with injuries and with selections in that I think if we had have been able to either play him or had the faith to play him more um, consistently, we might see more from him because he has everything you need. But I don't think he and Ronaldo uh, as a pair on the pitch works. I don't think it ever will. They just do the same thing and neither of them do it, you know, neither of them do it like, it doesn't complement each other. You know, they're just both making the same run and one of them will get it, the other one won't. It's just not, It's to me, it's not. Neither of them are like out and out number nine, total hold up mm. place. You're literally just having Cavani on the pitch at that point to to chase around. That's, a, that's essentially his role at the moment because I mean, he knows Ronaldo's there to score the goals. And I can't imagine he, you know, he knows Ronaldo's getting the penalties. He knows Ronaldo's getting slipped in for the chances. He knows Ronaldo's running in for all the same rebounds as him and, you know, challenging for all the same crosses as him. He's not getting passes off Ronaldo. He's not getting passes off anyone. So his job at the moment in this team is to run around and press the back line. And that's about the height of it. And if I was Cavani, I wouldn't be too enamoured with that. Before that. Is that just a little bit of adjusting to a new manager still? I'm not sure. I don't think you can, you can put it on that. Um... 
I think look, so us players, we've been here for a long time. We played at home. We we know what it's like when, you know, when we have the intensity. When you know, you, you can feel the motivations there. But I think maybe tonight we struggled. We didn't, or I didn't feel when I was on the pitch that that we were all there together. You know, I think we we felt like we were struggling, and you know, it was it was tough. All right, we're going to keep on talking about our terrible defeat to Wolves. But before we do, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Um, I'm not Nick. I don't even want to be Nick. I don't want to try me Nick. So I'm not going to read the official blurb. I'm just going to say that Manscaped offer you excellent men's grooming tools for above and below the waist. And it's definitely worth checking out. And every time you do, you really help support the pod. So please do that. Get yourself off to manscaped.com and use the code UnitedHour for 20% off and free shipping. Um, it just really helps us out. Uh, so if you could do that, that'd be great. And also, whilst you're doing things to help out the pod, if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, that would be appreciated. Right. Um, so back to the game. Apparently Luke Shaw has uh, been kind of outspoken at the end of the game and basically questioned the commitment and how we work as a team. Um, surprised by that, call? Not at all, because uh, I watched the match, Imran. Uh, with my eyes and uh, sat through it. So, and also, you know, Luke Shaw has form for being quite outspoken, and I appreciate that. You know, I'm a big Luke Shaw fan. I think he's a on form, a top quality left back. He's a little bit inconsistent. He's had issues with injuries. He's a bit of a chubster, all that stuff. Whatever. He's got a glorious thick beard this year, um, or you know, post Christmas, which is kind of cool. Mm. But I'm a big Luke Shaw fan. I think he, anytime he gives an interview. It's after a very, very poor yeah. performance and he's the one who says, I'll go out and I'll tell it like it is. Basically, I remember, can't remember who it was after. It was last year where he came out and gave a really damning appraisal. Yeah, I remember, of, of I, I do recall it. I mean, just um, as it, just for a quick direct quote, he did say, I didn't feel when I was on the pitch that we were all there together, which is quite telling if you're you yeah. know, part of a team and you're saying that you don't feel like you're a team. But again, it's basically going back to what we've been talking about for the last, what, half an hour, that it just feels like a bunch of individuals. So it's interesting to hear yeah. that coming from someone on the pitch. Yeah, and, I, and he then it went on to say as well, you know, we look at our team, we have so much quality, but sometimes that's not enough. And I think that just puts the finger on it. You know, I think we've just unfortunately collected a group of very good players who in no way work together and very possibly have quite poor attitudes, you know, at this particular time in their career at United, you know, whether that's having just arrived or having been here for a wee while. I think sometimes you can't plan for that kind of stuff. It just happens. You know, no one no one wants to underperform and do poorly. No one wants to go to United and not challenge for trophies. And then it's very tough when you aren't, you know, the dream isn't what you thought it was going to be kind of thing. Mm. But I have nothing but time for Luke Shaw coming out and saying that. I appreciate that. I hate the Harry Maguireisms and the, you know, uh, social media team posts from all your players with a stock caption you know after a game it really it really grates on me you know reading a thread today on the calf about how we think in this day and age that we're more connected to footballers because we kind of get more from them in terms of social media content stuff like that but actually the social media context is trying to sell stuff or you know create a completely false narrative that's probably been typed out by you know a a PR manager and not them and, and actually you're more distant than ever from these players um, which I thought was a really good point and um, something to think about um, but things like this are, go the opposite way you know I, know I feel more connected to Luke Shaw when he comes out and you know slams his players and, and it tells me what I can see so easily for myself because normally people don't want to admit that or don't want to say that so I, I think it's absolutely fine I think you mug yourself off more by 
just trying to say, you know, the boys in there all work all work hard, and we'll get straight back to Carrington, and we'll uh, we'll fix this because the fans deserve better. Cheers, guys. See you later. I mean, yeah, I it, you can't really argue with anything he's saying, and it's just on our players to not be shit. Uh, one other <laughs> thing he did say, which I'd like to also say, is um, one thing I will say is Phil Jones should be proud of himself. He has been criticised oh, for years time. and has gone through a lot, but he's so professional and he's trained hard and he was phenomenal. I am very happy for him and he deserves it. And I would echo that statement 100%. 100% love I that. Was, didn't, didn't see that part yet. Yeah, I was absolutely thrilled for Phil Jones today. Um, gets a lot of shit. He is the man of ridicule, um, yeah. the man, the butt of the joke. And he had that interview recently talking about how oh, tough a time it's been for him. And, it, you know, just to see him A, start a game for Man United after, what, 700-odd days. And B, I thought our man of the match by quite a distance as well. Um, yeah, quite a distance. I mean, I heard a few, a few people sort of said, their goal the header's not no, that's great. Bu- I, that's bullshit. I, he has that's put a header... Bullshit. Out of the box. Out of the box. Literally out of the box. And also, the, the ball kind of has no power on it, so he can't... The only thing he could possibly do is hit her behind, but then, you know, we could concede from the corner is likely, more likely probably, than you're going to concede from a shot from the edge of the box. So I thought that was really harsh. He actually gets really good distance yeah, on the you, header for you the... You put a header of, outside the box. That's fair. Yeah. And then you so expect the young fielders the, to be on, on the cross, you know. And apart from that, I thought he was excellent. He had a, a brilliant touch... Um, in the first half that for a ball that was dragged across that just sort yeah, of very minutes. dangerous and uh, he just he, he seemed there he also on the ball of decent he strode out with the ball a few times made really good challenges and uh, it was awesome to see really really great um, I wasn't really worried about him when he started because anytime Phil Jones plays there's like there is disasters in him and mistakes but he, he really apart mm. from that he's usually pretty solid and he, you know, he well, is always a good footballer it's, it's the injuries and the kind of madness sometimes yeah. that um, is the issues but you can't help but be extremely pleased with that. I would say yeah. him by a distance, our man of the match. I thought De Gea again played well, an amazing save from uh, oh, that Neves. Was a, that who was beat. a cracking save. Here, that was good, a cracking good thing save. we didn't sign Neves in the summer. Yeah, uh, he's slow it, apparently. Because you know, uh, you know, that... Telemans the year before that. I mean, mm. uh, thank Christ we are dodging these players um, that are such obvious signings. Are almost pleading to come to Manchester United during the summer. Um, no, a great save from the head again, pretty solid, kept us in it throughout. And then the only other one I would say is Greenwood. Yeah, I, mean, I thought Greenwood again, played well. He played that pass in the first after Sancho, which was spectacular. He's um, one of the only players who'll actually switch the ball. He does a lovely long left footed switch of the ball. He looks comfortable, his touches are always sharp, and he actually picks up these positive spaces and wants to turn and go at them and create things. And again, I, I don't think Aaron Saka helps him, um, in terms of generating more play there, but. He, I was, I was sad when he came off because I thought he was by yeah, far was the he, best. Was, the was he injured? I think there was a knock. Yeah, I think there was a knock because I think because they were initially going to take off either Sancho or Cavani. Yeah, and otherwise it wouldn't changed. make any sense for him to come off because no, he was by far I, our best forward. I'd be um, super disappointed. There was times last year when he was coming off, and it was almost just because he's the youngest and he's yeah. the, the you know the least known or the least fit possibly and the least physically ready and stuff and. At certain points, there's probably something to that. And he did used to kind of wane in games, you know, physically. I think we're long past that now. He, he for me, is the first first name in the team sheet in terms of the, him and Ronaldo. You know, I still think you kind of have to pick at the moment just because he's, you know, freakishly productive even when he's awful for the entire game. Um, but Green was the guy. Like he's the, he's the only guy that gives me a bit of joy in that front four at the moment. Yeah, I, was, I would agree with you. They were the only three. I thought Varane was all right as well next to next to Jones. Didn't I mean compared to his game against Newcastle, which was a bit of a, a disaster. Oh, I thought it was a, bit yeah. more, was a bit more comfortable today, uh, less rusty. But yeah, 
just on a human level, you just got to be happy for Phil Jones on a on a Big basic time. human level. We're not saying give him like a five year contract or anything. We're just saying on a basic human level, you just got to be happy for the block. And um, yeah, De- that De Gea save I thought was again one of those saves which other keepers don't make. Um, I, I I do, and you know I love to kick De Gea when he's down. Um, but yeah. I, I agree. I was watching the replay, thinking other keepers aren't getting anywhere near that. But basically, what I, my 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 stick at the moment, my 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 goalkeeper beating stick is a. Uh, is it me, 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 I can never pronounce his name. Meslier, Melier yeah, from Meslier, Leeds, Melier, yeah. who yeah. managed to look tiny in every single circumstance. Um, I was even battering for not not saving that. Uh, I don't know if you saw Maxwell Cornet's free kick. Yeah, I was battering for not saving that. I thought he should have saved that. So he's my he's my standard. This is what other keepers do, and this is what De Gea mm. does. And De Gea, that was a great save. Uh, yeah. Um, the goal, as we did say, came from that Phil Joe clearance. But really, again, I'm happy with that clearance. It's just got to be someone on him. Um, and yes, you get. You could say he gets a bit lucky because it. I mean, McTominay is out to him quickly. I think someone else tries to put a block and it just goes under two of them. But I mean, yeah. I just how has he got that much space on the edge of the box? That's quite, that's the question you got to ask. Yeah, I think at that point we were just dropping back, dropping back, and dropping back. You know, I think there's only so much defending you can do in a game before uh, you sort of seeps into in terms of not being a sharp out or just dropping further back than you probably would have at the start of the game. And you know, in the first half, I was just thinking it doesn't really matter how they score the amount of time they're spending in and around our box and the chances they're creating. Mm. And I know they didn't, you know, necessarily carve out, you know, guilt edge chances essentially, but there was just a lot of nice link up play causing us a lot of issues and putting a lot of stress on us. I was like, if they continue to spend this much time in our in and around our box, they will score. And and at that point, yes, okay, you could say that Matinho strikes a bit is is a bit jammy, you know, it kinda goes through two players, it unsights the hair, it's from a clearance. By virtue of just having so much time and so many shots in and around our box and so many crosses put in, something's going to fall for you. And Wolves deserve that goal in yeah, every yeah. facet of the game, you know. I mean, they outplayed us at Molyneux. They outplayed us there. I think they can't really begrudge them the three points. And we definitely didn't, didn't deserve anything from the game. I think we had our big chance, which was Bruno hitting the bar. A chance he yeah. really should have scored, I think. Uh, I mean, yes, he hit the bar, so unlucky in a sense, but he should be just burying that. Uh, a player yeah, I think he scores that well. you know nine times out of ten. I think he yeah. he really gave us an injection for about ten minutes. I thought he, he did. looked pretty good and created our our kind of best openings and chances. And obviously on the end of that one, he should score. He would score. I think nine times out of ten. You know, I, I, it's just one of those things where I don't. It wouldn't bother me too much. I still think he's he's the one getting on the end of it and he's the one creating that stuff. So even when you want to be frustrated with him and think, oh, that's classic and oh, he's just so wasteful and all this kind of stuff, he still him that was nearly the difference. If you know. Hmm. What I mean. And uh, one last thing, um, how on a scale of one to 10, when we get a corner in the 94th minute, how confident are you that we're going to score from that corner? Uh, or, I mean, is it like, oh, so we've had more than 100 corners? More than 100, yeah. Yeah, no, so now however many we got in this game, basically, we're over 100. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, now the stat Eric, is, is I think, Rams, Eric Ramsey, is that the guy yeah, who brought I, in for this? I think the average is you score from 3% of your corners. I think that is the average. Is that low? I think it's that. I think it is that low. I think obviously some teams do more, some teams do less. But I think the average overall is you score from three yeah. percent of your corner. So out of hundred, you expect to score three goals. Not great, but then it's a lot better than zero yeah. goals. And I feel like as well, like if you know you were, we don't even we don't even look like scoring. It's yeah, we don't, that's like the thing. We don't even look like we're going to score. We don't, from we don't four saves. You know, we don't. You don't. You don't have balls just grazing the post and stuff like that. You know, it's literally like ball goes in, ball comes out. I mean, right, but it's our deliveries. Right? You watch other teams deliver the, the ball. It's delivered. I mean, first of all, it hits the first man, which a lot of our corners just don't. But 
I mean, you watch... Okay, it's a bit unfair because I'm going to go for the best contact in the league. I'm going to go for James Ward-Prowse here. But when you see him deliver a ball yeah. and he's got that whip, it's got the, the bend, it's got the dip, you think... That is how you should deliver a ball. How can we not have one player in our team who can exactly. deliver a corner very well? But then just I was, you know, even in the Burnley game, I was watching Dwight McNeil. I was just thinking, he hits a ball better than ever. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, like, he, he, he was crossfield balls, corners, you know, free kicks, whatever. I was like, United should have technicians capable of doing this. And and we do. Why can't they do it consistently? You know, I just don't, I don't understand. I, again, I genuinely think Old Trafford is cursed. And when I think post Fergie, <laughs> we, we are the player ruiner. We are the club that is just in the marsh and we just have to suffer. And I, honestly, I'm I'm accepting that. I'll just I'll be sad and tune in every week and people will get excited and hopeful and think, oh, this, yeah, this week's going to be different. And I'll be like, no, nah, it's not. Just commit to it until something weird happens and we get back on it because it is just, it's just inevitable. Well, we did beat Burnley, so I guess we should touch on that game. Um, mm. A game I did attend live and from my seat, it did seem like the slowest game of football I can recall, which probably suited us down to a T. I think that's pro- I think that's why ultimately we were so comfortable in the game, just because it was a very slow-paced game, accentuated by the fact that when any ever anyone actually got the ball and ran with pace, mainly Luke Shaw and then Aaron Lennon for their goal, like everyone around the pitch was like, "Whoa, what's this guy doing? He's running fast!" And yeah, I think that just plodding slow pace. And Burnley hadn't played a game for like two or three weeks or something, so that's probably why they were off the pace. And it just really suited us, and we can just impose our will on the game and Burnley are quite poor as well so that helped and very comfortable win which I guess is a positive because we can't really say that much this season that how many games we've won that comfortably you can probably count on your one hand um, and three goals in the first half as well was quite nice yeah. uh, not much to say other than the comment Tomine had a fantastic game which yeah. the problem but then you look at him today and you just think this is the problem with Scott Tomine. he can be brilliant 10 out of 10 against Burnley and then 2 out of 10 today and it's just we need that consistency that he just doesn't seem to possess um any other standouts takeaways from that game for you uh no no not really i, I think when we get a goal or two in the first half i always feel you know, obviously everyone would feel pretty good but it's actually really rare for us you know there's teams that yeah. do that by right of course you know that the top teams just are, are so used to scoring early in games and scoring consistently in first halves and second halves you know we score most of our goals in the 70 to 90 minute range and that's not a good place to be so anytime we do score one or two in the first half, I think it's a great kind of relaxant and a great uh, confidence boost for nearly everyone on the pitch. It always nearly tends to end up pretty well. Um, and McTominay was great. My big thing is that's fine. Second half was a bit dire, but you can kind of... Yeah, I'm fine with that, though. We'd like yeah, yeah, save energy. If you win the game first half, you do what you want in the second half. Totally. But doing what you want shouldn't just be going back to playing pretty dire football, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, I don't necessarily think... You know, there's teams that would go into first gear but they're still stroking around nice and kind of dominating we can't pass the ball Cobb exactly (laughs) Exactly. can't expect miracles here but the problem is as you say McTominay can be that great player that one day and then the next week when you saw the team sheet like today you were just like this will not be you know we this will not be like the Burnley game and as soon as the team sheet came out I said you know you think everyone's just gonna play exactly how they did against Burnley and a we're playing a completely different team with a completely different system five at the back that we, we won't adjust for and the standard is higher and it just all falls it all falls mm. to bits again but yeah Bernie was grand yeah but he also put into context by the fact that Leeds beat them 3-1 on the weekend and, just, Le- and, and Leeds are, they Leeds were honestly shit, so, so bad I was watching that game looking at their midfield and their general team you know they have like the highest they have like 20 players over 30 in their whole squad or something do you know what I mean they're playing most of them like they are just done completely done as a team and that's fine like Sean Dyche by the way 
just a comical human being. He is like, <laughs> he's, I, just, he's, I just think he's so funny just as a human that he exists. But um, they're done, you know, and that's fine. He's done an unreal job there. Um, but they need serious working over. And I don't think there's much pride to be taken from. No, I think, I think, I think they'll probably go down. Then one of my yeah. tips to go down. Um, um, so, yeah, we move on from today's game and the Burnley game and to the FA Cup. So a bit of a break from the league and it's uh, Aston Villa at home. So Steven Gerrard coming back to Old Trafford, that'll be a bit of fun. I guess the FA Cup is that chance to like throw your league form out the window and do something different. Um, are you wanting us to go far in the FA Cup? Do you see it as a serious competition for us this year? No, no I'd are rather we went out immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean though, like FA Cup is yeah, generally no, I think we have to on, our, ex- on our list compared yeah, not to this year, Not this year. Um, I, I think we have to treat you know every competition we're in extremely seriously um, but I think also there has to be some thought that there is um, just some joy that needs to be out of this, eked out of this season and the, the FA Cup is probably our best avenue towards that and I think you know Ralph will just want to fire on all cylinders in this match as head like so yeah. probably should give it a good go um, I don't think I, I do expect there to be rotation I don't think it'll be dramatic um, no because I still think three he or wants four changes maybe I still think he wants players to figure out, you know, the shape and stuff. I'm so interested to see if he sticks with this 4-2-2-2 um, or not, because, you know, that's a great test. And I'm not sure what the right answer is, Imran, because, again, I think most of this is driven by the players, motivation, um, attitude and ability, as we've kind of touched on throughout the pod. I don't want to keep going on about it, but I, I honestly think that's... Exactly, yeah. Um, but that is, to me, the big issue. Um, and therefore, I think, the, the formation doesn't really matter but it'll be interesting to see what his breaking point is wh- where his fluidity lies in terms of his you know no i'm just going to impose this on you like it or not and i just start slowly replacing the players who aren't getting it or okay it's not working we'll try something different so i'm so i'm just interested to see that i'm interested to see how ralph works through this and what he can do or can't do um again the expectation is pretty low but um that's kind of more what i'm living for these days is see if we just rigidly stick to this course and he just I, I don't I don't know that that would be the worst thing in the world because you could just shame these players, you know, and, and take all the nuance out of it, essentially, and just say 11 of the highest played football players in the world, all internationals, why are you like this? You know, mm. don't talk to me about, you know, formations, essentially, or whether he'd try and mix it up, I don't know. Um, um, as for Villa, like, FA Cup, you know, cool. Stevie G, it's kind of a funny story. He's yeah. doing well. And Villa did obviously beat us at Old Trafford. That was the... Dean Smith's yeah. last win for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got sacked. Old Tra- I mean, Old Trafford has genuinely been a pretty happy place for visiting teams. Um, so when you get a home cup draw, it's not exactly something that's in your favour. Did, did we go out in the League Cup at home to West Ham? We did, didn't we? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Old Trafford, not exactly a fortress. And I'm not very confident for this game, to be honest with you. Um, I can easily see us going out to Villa. Not yeah. again. Uh, not feeling too I mean, positive. Yeah, I just don't. I don't want to say I don't care. I'd be more bothered by the Champions League because it's a route back into the Champions League, and I just think we could be be a bit more up for that than I think we will be for the FA Cup. Mm. So I care slightly more about that. If we go out, like I, I am honestly at a point where if we just lose all the games for the end of the season, I'll just chuckle. I am honestly so defeated by this season that I just I just want I want the summer. And again, 
I just think it's a player issue and I just want us to get rid of some and get some more in and make some changes. And I think until we're able to do that, I don't really have any expectations mm. that much is going to get better. So if we get humped by Villa, I'll just go, well, yeah, kind of checks out, doesn't it? You know. Do you think so, there is an issue around the fact that Ralph is only here for six months and the players know that? So the players think... No. No? No, because the players had the same feeling on their own. You know, I, I just think that... Uh, we didn't really get a bounce. I know we, Ralph was essentially undefeated today, but it's a performance thing. You know, it's an eye test thing. We yeah. have not been good at all. There's been. I mean, no I don't know how anyone whatsoever. can look at Newcastle and not take it as a defeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I, I don't think so. And I, I, I don't know that it's that clear that he won't be here longer either. You know, so, um, and I don't think he wouldn't have respect or buy-in or anything like that. So, uh, I think this group of players are as likely to you know buy in or buy out of any manager at the toss of a coin and i think that's that's clearly exposed and i think mm-hmm. that goes to what shaw's saying you know i just mm-hmm. don't think i just don't necessarily think um in terms of attitude it's a good it's a good group you know and sometimes that just happens and again you know you make one or two changes and that can change very quickly but um i think that that indication has been there for several years and and the additions we've made haven't been the kind of additions you know I, th- I think Bruno is a player who can transform culturally of a club but I don't think you can just have one player come in and do that and, and it really is a, a chess game of like one player adds another player takes away one player adds another player takes away and you kind of see what your end result is and I just think there's a lot more detractors there than there is people who are willing to do the hard work and make the positive changes for the for the squad yeah so not exactly uh, a positive outlook for the Vilgen, but hey, you never know with United. That's another thing as well. We could do I'll anything at any time. So yeah, yeah. literally, you never know with us. Um, before we go, um, and we've got a bit of time here, so I just thought we'd touch quickly on Anthony Martial. So the word coming from pretty much everyone at the club, him and Ralph, is that he will be leaving this month so long as the deal is right for us and for him and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Colm, what will be your lasting mesh memory of Anthony Martial? Do you know what's kind of sad? It will, it'll be his first season and the very start of his first season. I will choose to look back on favourably, even though he's so frustrating and has whittled away all the other years of his United career. Um, and and I think I think he deserves a move for, for his career, you know, to give him a chance, essentially. I think the Sevilla link I actually really get, and I think it shows where he's at, you know, in terms of his mentality. He wants to go and play, and he knows, mm. I think, that he won't get that at other you know, I say top club like we're a top club, ha ha ha. But you know, other big name clubs, I suppose, and other other clubs that are really you know at the front of it. But um, no, I I remember him bursting onto the scene, and I'll choose to probably just forget everything that happened afterwards. Yeah, I think um, I'll look more to that season where uh, he was our number number nine and actually competent mm-hmm. number nine, and we did really well and we looked really good, and it was him and Rashford, and we were seemingly firing all cylinders and that was a great time to be alive yeah. um i mean you know I, I, but again we you know it just there was a time as well this, during the summer i thought our front three was going to be like rashford sancho greenwood and martial all just kind of you know probably only three of them starting but all just flying around you know with bruno mm. feeding them and then hopefully just a soft base and like you know, there's, there's a huge Ronaldo question here in terms of this year that I just don't want to tackle yet, Imran. You know, either. I mean, I've, I've been, been flirting with talking about it now, but I really can't be asked. <laughs> exactly. It's just such a. That's, what, so that's hard what you get with United, United guys. 
he's, he's kind of the only one producing, but is that because of him? You know, it's to me, it looks so much like Juve the last two years, which is horrible. Um, and it's really tough, but I just am not ready at the moment to to dive into that because I think once you once you go into that, I think the conclusions will be pretty uh, mm. pretty clear, and then you you don't really leave yourself much room to go because, as was seen by the choice of captain tonight, this is the way it's going to be this year. So you know, oh yeah, there's no point in today. I mean, we could play we could play Villa, um, not start Ronaldo, say he's rested because it's a cup game. We could win, we can win five nil. Um, and just play the most free-throwing, beautiful football you've ever seen. And the next game, Ronaldo will come back in because yeah, exactly. that's, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's tough. no point in really entertaining the idea of him not being here. Maybe until the summer, maybe he'll go then. But until then, we just have to kind of accept that, yep, he's our number nine. We have to make it work. Uh, whether it will or not, different story. Uh, so somehow talking about Anthony Martial, uh came back to Ronaldo. And uh, I think that's kind of where we'll put that that conversation really when you talk about Martial you talk about other people instead because Martial <laughs> exactly yeah it's tough it's tough that we just segued away from him possibly leaving the club so immediately but you it's know sad, I just think ultimately because he has so much potential well, and you think us. when he came and he's like he obviously has so much talent and totally it's just, it's just, it's just not all not that's that's it. that's where all the frustration comes from because you know you see players with so much less make so much more of their careers essentially you know and and he really there's so much he so few things he can't do on a, on a football pitch but you make a run and give effort seem to be the two main ones do you know what i mean because i mean sometimes you know, you dri- sometimes hold up play is like was like drop oh, it's, it's world class exactly sometimes, I mean, yeah he, he can be very strong he can be good in the air he has an amazing touch he he can dribble better than anyone his finishing was always very good those are attributes that should put him as one of the best number nines in the world you know and it was a mentality issue it was a, a, a whatever it's so hard to put your finger on why it hasn't worked for him obviously and why he's unable to make that or was ever unable to make that step and be consistent and stuff so it's to me it's just a it's just a shame but again he couldn't leave as quick as, as soon as possible in my opinion because and, and a few others behind him because that is just that is just this current United squad. You know, there's players who we have invested a lot. You know, Rashford's even coming into this camp of, you know, has shown so much promise, can do so much on a football pitch, but now we're just getting consistently inconsistent, poor decisions, poor performances, and none mm. of the good stuff that we used to balance that out. And even when it was balancing it out, you were hoping, well, at some point he's going to make the step and find that consistency with a bit of maturity, with a bit more experience, whatever. You know, he's going to become that Salah or that, you know, whoever that can just do it week in, week out. And, Actually, it's gone the other way, where even the good things have dried up, you know. So yeah. there's just loads of players in our squad like that at the moment. So start firing them out, as far as I'm concerned. No bother to me. <laughs> um, well, I think he's the only one who's definitely going to leave. I mean, Lingard probably will leave in the summer. It would be good, I think, if he went in January as well, get a bit of money, but it doesn't look like happening. Um, and yeah, it would be nice if we could actually buy a midfielder. But, you know, whether we actually do or not is a different story. Uh, but there's a long time to go in January, so we'll see. Uh, I think that'll do it for this pod, unless you've got anything else, Colm? No, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to bring anyone any further down. I feel like that's been a pretty gloomy one, but you know, it's tough. It is tough at the moment at Manchester United. Yeah. So quickly, do you think we'll get top four uh, as of as of January the third, two thousand twenty-two? Do you think we'll get top four? I do not. I would agree with that, mainly because we just don't have consistency, and Tottenham have Conte and. Arsenal yeah, I think looking, I genuinely think Conte I think it'll be, be the I think it'll be Tottenham and Conte. I do. Yeah, actually, actually, think that'll be the difference, and that's a cooler conversation about should we have gone for Conte that probably no one else wants to have. Really, I still don't think uh, we should have done. Even though I do think uh, Tottenham and Conte will get top four, I'm, I'm 
I'm, I'm still. I, mean, I did it. I did it at the time, and I still do. I don't think he'd be a long term manager here, but I, that's it's no. a whole other thing, Emran. But I, I don't think. I think West Ham will drop off. I think oh, Arsenal will implode. Will. will implode at some point. I think Tottenham will kind of have the odd bad result, but they'll just be more consistent. Yeah. But I just don't think you know. On paper, again, we should even from this position, we should still be absolutely right there. We're still the bookies' favorite. Um, Nick pointed out after the game. And that's fair enough. I can understand why we are because if if it does click at any point, we should walk it still. We should still be right there. We should outperform those other two teams based on the quality of our squad. But our our players don't play to the quality of the paper squad, quote unquote, and yeah. we don't seem able to make it work. And I just think we'll have as many, if not more, blips and losses of form and poor performances than all those other teams. So I really don't think so. And that is crushing. And Ole did deserve to go, but we just we had just gotten some kind of you know continuity in terms of champions league uh participation and yeah. if we lose that again you know it's not the end of the world but it is so disappointing yeah very frustrating so yeah that'll do it on that wonderfully high note <laughs> um yeah happy new year everybody yeah uh, happy new year 2022 it's all looking good yeah all looking great uh thanks for following the pod as always um throughout 2021 we really appreciate it and keep following us in 2022 and tell a friend uh if you don't yeah, have a friend, a friend tell a stranger tell a <laughs> Unless uh, you didn't like it, just keep that to yourself. Yes, exactly. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Con. Cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.